Welcome home, everyone. Thank you for joining in on this episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Welcome Home is a podcast where I, your host Josh, sit down for a conversation with different people who I admire and discuss whatever's on their mind and especially focus on life at home in times like this. Wherever you are and however you're listening, thank you for your support. And once again, welcome home. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining in on this week's episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. If this is your first time listening or watching, my name is Josh. I'm the host of this show, uh, and I want to welcome you and thank you for tuning in this week. If you're a regular listener or viewer or supporter, longtime listeners, I want to thank you for coming back. And um, I want to start off the show by letting you all know that this podcast it is just a small part of a much larger community and mission, the Cousin Community. Uh, the Cousin Community is a place where we invite people through songs and stories to have spiritual families, spiritual connections, um, and to be fed uh, a place to call home. And we want to invite all of you to be a part of that. If you're interested in doing that or learning more about what the Cousin Community is, there's really two ways that I would encourage you to to find out. The first way to, would be to just visit thekatinas.com. Um, and you'll see lots of information about who the Katinas are, what we do as a family and as a ministry. Uh, that's a good place to start. And then the second place I would go would be on Facebook. There's a group, uh, a, a, a Facebook group called Katinas and Cousins, K-U-Z-I-N-S. Uh, there are about a thousand members, I believe, on there. And it's a place for all of us here in the community to to update people on our lives, uh, ask questions, find out interesting things, share stories, sh- share praise reports and prayer requests. So I would really encourage you, if you're not already a member, to go ahead and join that group on Facebook. Again, it's the Katinas and Cousins. And if you do, you'll see me there. I'm looking forward to meeting you all and and, and talking with you all. So that's my start my intro. And if you're watching on YouTube, you'll probably notice that I am back where I spent about a hundred episodes here in my studio at home. Um, And I'm alone today. My dad and my uncles are on the road. They're actually performing at, I don't know all the details, but I know that it's called the Navajo Nation Festival. It's out in Arizona. I knew they flew into Albuquerque, New Mexico, and then they had a, a few hours of driving into Arizona. So they are at that festival with our cousins in the Navajo Nation. Um, so it's just me today. And knowing that I was going to be recording this podcast, this is only the second time I've done this solo. Um, I went ahead and reached out to my family. We have a we have a large text group. It's called Ainga which means family in Samoan, and all of the uncles, all the aunties, all of the cousins, all of the spouses uh, here in the Franklin, Nashville area are all part of this, uh, this group thread. And I told them that I was going to be hosting a podcast by myself, and I needed some questions t- to answer. And so... I told them, ask me a question, and I'd be happy to answer it on the podcast. And I left it at that. I didn't tell them 
uh, it needs to be about this or that, or it needs, I want to talk about a specific topic or whatever. I just left it open and whoever wanted to send in a question, they got to do that. And so I got several responses from some cousins, some aunties, uh, and even my dad. And so it's a wide spectrum of questions. And, you know, I've had people who listened to the show before say, we'd really like to hear more about you, Josh. Um, we'd, you need to give your guests opportunities to ask you questions, which I've always said that I would do that. And to be totally honest, I've not been very good at it. I think I've maybe let one or two guests ask me a question. And part of that's because, uh, I really, I genuinely, whenever I start these episodes and I record these, I genuinely come into it with a heart of curiosity and I'm seriously interested in what my guests have to say. So to me, it's really not important what what I have to say or I don't find my uh, myself nearly as interesting as the guests are, at least to me. But I know that a lot of the people out there listening have wanted to hear me be asked questions or answer questions. And so today uh, is going to be an episode for those of you who are who fall in that, that camp. So let me see here. I have uh, I've collected all of my questions into to notes. I'll start with the questions I got from my cousins. This first question is from my cousin, my lovely cousin, Callie Jean. Callie sent me this. Who are your top five favorite artists slash rappers and why? Um, so that is hard. I, for those of you who don't know, I'm what you would call a hip-hop head. I love rap music. I love hip-hop. I have since I was about, I don't know, maybe 10 years old. I think the first rapper I ever listened to was Toby Mac. And I remember listening to his album, Diverse City. And the rest was history. I slowly uh, started listening to more and more rap. And uh, So top five. Great question, Callie. I'll just stick with rappers. Number one for me would have to be an artist by the name of Lupe Fiasco. And the reason being is, one, I think he's incredibly talented. He's a rapper from Chicago. I first listened to him when I was maybe in eighth grade. And Lupe, I was like just a Lupe Fiasco super fan from probably the age of 13 to 16, 17. I listened to every song he ever put out. Um, I find that he is a challenging artist to listen to in the fact that you have to listen to his songs multiple times to really grasp what the message is behind it and what his um, what he's trying to say. I just think he's a brilliant lyricist. I think he's he never... Uh, compromised his commitment to writing what he feels and he never he literally has a song called dumb it down where he talks about i people tell me to dumb it down but i'm not going to dumb it down and i appreciate lupe for that and so lupe as talented as he is there definitely is like an emotional connection i have with him because he's somebody who really sparked my love for hip-hop music and so I will always have Lupe Fiasco at number one on my list just because 
um, if it weren't for him, I think my taste in music might be completely different. So I remember I had his posters on my wall growing up. I he he was the first uh, physical CD I ever bought was a Lupe Fiasco CD. I remember it was called Lupe Fiasco's Food and Liquor Two. That album came out, and this was right on the edge of like when everything switched from CDs to streaming. But I remember the day it came out, I had my mom drive me to Target, and I bought that album with my own money. I still have it somewhere. Um, but yeah, Lupe is definitely number one. And then, I don't know. It's I don't know if I can put in order for the next five, but I definitely think Jay-Z has to be there. So there's two artists. So Lupe, Jay-Z, The Notorious B.I.G., Kendrick Lamar and Eminem would be my top five in no particular order. Um, those four guys are all um, people who I find, for one reason or another, uh, have mastered the art of rap, mastered the art of songwriting, mastered the art of lyricism. So yeah, Lupe, Jay-Z, Notorious B.I.G., Eminem and Kendrick Lamar. Thank you, Callie, for your question. Um, my the only other cousin who's who sent in a question is my cousin Jackson. And when I saw this text, when I saw I got a text from Jackson, the first two words of the text were pie question. I knew this was gonna be good. And <laughs> this is the question I got from Jackson. Pie question. How many 13-year-olds would it take? To take you out. So I'm assuming by take you out, Jackson means like beat me in a fight. And 13-year-olds, I'm trying to think of who do I know that is 13 years old? Because I remember me at 13, I was, I would have been in eighth grade. I was definitely smaller than I am now. Um... But also, I was pretty reckless. I don't know. 13 is an interesting age, Jackson, because it's like, are we talking about boys or girls? I'm going to assume you're talking about boys because like 13-year-old boys, they're just starting to reach that age where like they're no longer little boys. They're kind of getting some testosterone pumped into their veins and there's a little bit more strength, definitely more aggression than... Um, maybe a 10-year-old or a 9-year-old. So I'm, I don't know. Could I beat one 13-year-old? Yes. Let's just go through it like this. Could I beat one? Yes. Could I beat two? Yes. Could I beat three? Yes. I still feel confident about beating three. Could I beat four? See, four is when it starts getting uh, interesting because I feel like 13-year-olds... A 13, four 13 year olds. I don't know. I feel like I'm doing a really bad job of thinking who is 13. If it was me at 13, I feel like four is like a, is a coin flip. And then probably at five, I would, I would definitely give the 13 year olds an edge just because it would be an overwhelming show of force. So uh, if we're talking about 13-year-old Josh Katinas, I think four of them, it would be a coin flip. Five of them, I would give them the edge. Six, 
it's probably over for me. So Jackson, thank you for giving me that um, brain tickler right there. <laughs> Love you, bro. Those are the uh, questions I got from um, my cousins. Uh, let's see. I got some. Okay, my dad, he sent me two questions. Dad, thank you for submitting these. I think you're probably coming home today or tomorrow. I honestly don't know. Um, but my dad sent me two questions. They were both about the podcast. So the first one is, what has been the most fun thing about doing the podcast? This is an easy answer for me. The most fun thing has been just having conversations with people I, I love. Um, I have been blessed to like have, you know, I feel like conversation, face-to-face conversation is something that, at least in my life, I, I have gotten less and less of it the older I get, the older I get. And so having this podcast over the last, over two years now, it has given me, it has challenged me and kept me accountable that like, at least for one hour a week, I know I'm going to sit down going to have my phone off. I'm going to have someone else sitting across from me and we're going to have a conversation face to face. And so that has been a blessing for me and something I've really enjoyed Uh, over the last two years. I've had that opportunity. And the best part about it is that it's been with people who I love, um, people who are my family, my friends. And so, yeah, that's been the most fun part for me about about hosting the podcast. Uh, his second question was, what's been the most challenging thing about hosting slash managing the podcast? Um, most challenging thing. I don't know. I feel like... Here's what I'll say. I think that there's a lot of people out there who listen to podcasts and they probably have dreams uh, or a desire to start their own podcast The thing I would tell them is, one, you should definitely do it. You should just go for it and start your podcast. Two, I would say the challenge that you're probably not expecting is it is difficult to find something to talk about week in and week out. Um, (laughs) I think I've found that, you know, I created this podcast with a format to kind of help me with that. So, if you guys remember in the early days, it was like a three question podcast. The third question was always what's going on at home. Um, I definitely, I I did that intentionally because I knew it would be difficult. Okay. Maybe the first episode I can talk about anything I want. Uh, second and third episode, I'm sure I'll have more to talk about, but eventually you start running out of ideas of things to ask, things to focus on, Um, it definitely helps if you're up to date on like current events. Um, but I don't know, I, to answer that question, dad, what's the most challenging thing about hosting this podcast? It's, this sounds, I guess, obvious, but to me, it has been the most challenging. It's just finding something new to talk about every week, um, having new ideas and not getting stale. So Hopefully, I've done an okay job at that. I think it's kind of like a skill or a muscle. Like, you get better at it the more you 
work at it. Like, to be honest, I feel like my first couple episodes were super fun, super easy. And then like, maybe after like two or three months, once I started getting into episode like 15 through 30, those episodes, if I'm being honest, are probably the episodes I felt the least confident about releasing in all of the episodes I uh, of the podcast is that kind of era because I feel like that was when I was finally being challenged with, okay, you got to come up with new stuff, fresh stuff, entertaining stuff. And, um, I had never done that before. So it just took time, I guess, pushing through it and getting through those episodes and getting to episode 40, 50, 60, 70, to where I started feeling more confident about creating new, uh, conversations and, new topics, new questions, new ideas. So, um, yeah, that's my answer to your question, Dad. Thank you for sending that in. Um, let's see. Auntie Chrissy. My Auntie Chrissy, it's been a while since I've had her on the show. I really want to have her back, but she sent in a question. She said, what is the biggest risk you've taken that ended up with the greatest reward? Hmm, that is a great question, Auntie. Um, well, first off, I'll say this uh, about myself. I do not perceive myself as being a big risk taker. Um, I don't see myself as someone who is super... Uh, well, I would say I see myself as someone who values safety, values stability... And risk-taking doesn't necessarily provide safety and stability. Uh, with that being said, though, when I look back on my life, there are some big risks that I have taken. And I think some of them, I didn't even realize how risky they were at the time. And that's probably why I was able to take them. Um, but the, the risk that comes to mind, specifically because of the reward... Um, is one that I think I've talked about on the show maybe a long time back. But when I was graduating high school, I um, was set to go to the University of Tennessee. That was what I was going to do after I graduated high school. And I was fortunate enough to have decent grades in high school, and I have always been a strong test taker. So I had good enough test scores to get into the honors college at UT. I believe I had a decent amount of financial aid uh, to go there. Um, and so that was kind of my plan. I was 17 when I graduated from high school. And I remember about a month before I was actually going to graduate, I just had this, I was, fi I finally asked myself the question, why am I going to UT? Why am I going to the University of Tennessee? And when I really contemplated that question, I couldn't really um, come up with a good answer. And I remember I went home and I told my parents, guys, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go to UT. And I think they were probably shocked because 
just the the place that I grew up in and the environment I grew up in, the school I was going to, like your senior year in high school and honestly your junior year as well is all about putting yourself in the best position to go to the best college for the least amount of money with the most financial aid. That was basically the last two years of my life was living that day in and day out. I put in a lot of work. I wrote long essays. I took I took the ACT three times. Uh, I think I took the SAT. I sent in all my applications. By the way, this is crazy, but it's not. It costs money to send in college applications. I got letters of recommendation from different teachers. Um, I did extracurricular things to be able to put that on my on my uh, applications. So my two years of my life just dedicated to this process of of becoming a desirable candidate for a college application. And I achieved, I think I achieved the best I could have. I think I reached my potential. I got into an honors college in a good school where some of my friends were going um, and got the financial aid. And then a month before I graduated high school, I just decided, nah, I don't want to do that. (laughs) And so somehow my parents they supported me in that. And I took the risk of graduating high school without a plan because I didn't feel at peace with where, um, with the direction that I was, was trying to go in. And so that was a huge risk. And I think back about 17 year old Josh, and I really believe that he was listening to the, to the voice of God and to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because it seemed that because of that risk that I took, Auntie Chrissy, one by one, different doors were being opened to me. I decided to spend my first year after graduating high school in community college, which I think was a great experience for me personally. I got to be around people at that community college that I never would have been around had I gone to UT. Um... I'll just say like this, the, the environment at a community college is completely different. The type of people that you're with is completely different than what you would experience at a major university like the University of Tennessee. I got to spend that year traveling with my dad and my uncles. Um, I got to go see, I got to go on my first Christmas tour with them. I got to go to places I'd never been before. I don't know if I'll ever go back. Um, And then God opened a door for me to go to the place where I eventually ended up graduating from, which was Lee University. And my experience at Lee was, in my opinion, miles ahead of what I would have experienced had I been at UT. And I don't want to say this to like bash the University of Tennessee. I'm sure if I had gone, I would have had a good time. I would have had a good experience. I think I would have made the best of it. But I don't think that was God's will for my life. I, at Lee, I got to spend time with my cousin Jackson as my roommate for four years. Um, that was an amazing experience. I got to go to school with multiple cousins, my cousin Caitlin, my cousin Callie, my cousin Dylan. Um my future cousin, Jervon. And then I met my wife at Lee. 
I met Alexis there and I'm so thankful that I took the risk that I did back when I was 17. I said, I listened to the, to the voice of the Holy Spirit and said, I'm not going to do the thing that I've been breaking my back to do for the last two years because I don't feel at peace with it. So that's a long answer to your question, Nancy, but um, that's the risk that I think had the biggest payoff for me, and it's still paying dividends for me today. So thank you for sending that question in, Nancy. Let's see here. I think I have two or three more questions. Um, let's see. Okay, this is from my Auntie Kathy. What was the most important lesson that you have learned in the last decade, and how did it apply to your life? Auntie Kathy, okay. Most important lesson I've learned in the last decade, wow. Well, I'm 27 today, so that would take us back to 17, right when I took that leap that I was talking about. Most important lesson I've learned. Hmm. I think I would say most important lesson I've learned is that there's nothing more valuable than your time. I think at a decade ago, I had no concept of the value of time. And today at 27, I don't think I know it all, but I think I have a better grasp of what time is. A little bit more, I've experienced a little bit more time. Um, and by, when I say the value of time, what I really think I mean is the value of the present. Because I think over the last decade, the last 10 years, I think the core struggle that I've faced in these last 10 years is the struggle to be present, the struggle not to worry about the past, not to be anxious about the future, but to be here and now in the present, in the time that I am living right now. I think that's the most important lesson that I've learned and am still learning every day. Um, I think I'm better today at it than I was a decade ago. And I hope that in a decade from now, I will have an even greater understanding. I think time is an interesting thing because I don't know how well the human mind is, has adapted to understand it. And I think that the better that we can understand the value of time, um, the more fulfilling our lives can be and the more fulfilled we can be with the way we spend our time. You know, I've lost some people over the last decade. I've also gained friends and family. I gained a nephew over the last only four months ago. And um, I think as time moves on, I will have more losses, I will have more victories, and my prayer and hope is that I'm able to live in the present through all of them. 
because the present is all we have. There's no such thing as tomorrow. No such thing as yesterday, only the present. So that's the biggest lesson I think I've learned, Auntie Kathy. And I don't even know if I explained that very well because I think it's a lesson I'm still learning. And I am trying to learn it better every day. All right, one more question. This is from my mom. Mom, thank you for sending this in. She said, your 10-year class reunion is next year. How have you changed since May of 2014? How is life different for you in the past 10 years living in Franklin? What do you wish was the same? And what do you wish was different, mom? Okay, multiple part question here. This is kind of a, a similar to the last one. Yes, my high school class reunion is next year. I actually just got an email about it maybe a month ago. It was the first thing I saw was from, I think it was my class president when I graduated. That's crazy to me to think about. Um, I don't know right now if I'll go to my reunion. I guess I would like to go. I would like to see some old friends and people I haven't seen in a while. Um, how have I changed since May of 2014? I graduated in 2014. Um, how have I changed? I think I am less concerned today than I was back then about... Um, I'm less concerned about the future. Maybe because I, like I was saying in the last question, I hope I'm... I've become stronger at being present, but also because when I was 17, I was so concerned about things like, where am I going to go to college? Am I going to, um, am I ever going to have a girlfriend? Am I ever going to get married? Um, am I ever going to, how am I going to make money? How am I going to move out of my parents' house? Uh, and now 10 years later, I've done all of those things. So I don't have to worry about them anymore. And I don't know, it's a good question to think about what I was worrying, worrying about when I was 17 and how small those worries seem to me now. How am I different? Well, I've just gone through different experiences. In 2014, life was very different. Um, who was the president in 20? I think Obama was the president. Barack Obama was the president. Um, I, people were still trying to figure out how to use like social media. And um, Kobe Bryant was still playing for the Lakers in 2014. Uh, man. Oh, my gosh. That, that I had no idea what a pandemic was in 2014. I had no idea what quarantining was or any of that. Uh so I don't know. I would say like the last three, four years of my life probably were just as impactful as the first like 20 years of my life, if I'm being honest. So I think just living from 2020 to today probably changed me a lot. I think a lot has changed. I got married. Um, I moved out of my parents' house. I got a dog. I lost a dog. Um uh, my dog Dash, he passed away in that time frame. I lost a grandmother in that time frame. 
Uh, I lost an uncle and my uncle Charlie. Yeah, I feel like I'm just rambling now, but it's crazy how much stuff happens in in 10 years. I got a college degree. Okay, I'm going to stop now because, but I don't know. Those those things have all impacted me one way or another. Um, Let me just read the last part of your question. What do you wish was the same and what do you wish was different? How... Oh, how is life different for you in the past 10 years living in Franklin? What do you wish was the same and what do you wish was different? So that's right. One thing that hasn't changed is the place I live. I was living in Franklin 10 years ago. I did move away, but I moved back in 10 years from 2014. I'm still living in Franklin. What do I wish was the same? I wish the home prices were the same. Um if I was able, if I was in the financial situation that I am in now, ten years ago, I probably would be a homeowner now, which would be nice. But uh, unfortunately, that's not the case. So the the housing market has changed a lot in ten years. Uh, what do I wish was different? I don't know. What do I wish was different about Franklin? That has stayed the same. I don't know, Mom. That's a good question. I don't think I can... I don't know if I have an answer for you today. Maybe I'll, I'll come back to it later. But, um, yeah. I guess I'll finish now. Um, where are we at? We're at 30-something minutes. Today's Thursday, uh, something I'm really looking forward to, and I'm sure you know, is that tonight is opening night for the NFL. The Chiefs will be playing the Lions. If you're listening to this on Thursday, know that uh, at, I think it's 7 p.m. Central Time, I'm going to be on my couch with my dog, Roscoe, and watching the Chiefs and the Lions for three, three and a half hours, and those three, three and a half hours will be bliss for me, so I'm looking forward to that. It's been really fun getting to record back in the old studio. Um, next week, we'll be I'll return to the the office with the uncles and my dad and who, who um, possibly other guests, but... I hope that this episode you've gotten to learn a little bit about me. I think one thing I've learned about myself is that I prefer being the one asking the questions than the one answering them. Um, But I'll just leave it at that. I want to thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back with more episodes soon. Have a great day.